What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins. Welcome to another AV Quickie. Also, just a reminder, if you like this episode, you can find more episodes at adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude, which means this episode tonight might contain explicit content. Anything goes when you're in Videoland. Sometimes you might get some inappropriate language, some locker room talk. So if you're easily offended, this might not be the podcast for you. All right, guys, let's talk about Jojo Rabbit. If you're unfamiliar with the movie, it's about a young boy. He's a Nazi in training, a Hitler fanboy, and he finds out that his mom is hiding a Jewish girl in the walls of their home. It's written and directed by Taika Waititi, and I have some scores pulled up. IMDb has it at 7.9 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 78% critics and 97% audience. And currently it's at 58 on Metacritic, which means mixed or average. I think I line up with a 97% audience score on this one. I usually tend to agree more with the critics. Look, the critic score isn't bad. It's at 78%. I was just expecting a little bit higher. Personally, guys, I think JoJo is another Pantheon movie. And that's coming from the guy who is nicknamed the guy who secretly hates movies. My last review, The Lighthouse, I gave it Pantheon. Um, I think the Joker movie is probably a Pantheon movie. I need to see it one more time. Um, I mean, that's three Pantheon movies, though, in one year. That's super rare for me. And the year isn't even over yet. We still have Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood starring Tom Hanks. There's some good stuff still to come out. But seriously, there is very little, if anything, that I would change about Jojo Rabbit. At work today while I was at lunch, I scribbled down some words on a napkin. Just getting my thoughts together. I have it in front of me. I wrote, I wrote a bunch of shit. This movie is sweet, beautiful, funny. Scary, serious, racist, mean-spirited, heart-pulling, gut-wrenching, anti-hate, satire, coming-of-age, and then in giant letters with a sharpie, I wrote the words, Unique Nazi Fantasy. It's all that rolled into a ball, flattened out, and then turned into a movie. I laughed, I cried, I bawled like a baby. But I love Taika Waititi's approach to history. I've talked about seriousness versus satire in the past, how I prefer a movie like Django over a Wikipedia-type movie like 12 Years a Slave. When you add some satire or some quirkiness to a story, the history stays with me longer because it disarms me. And then when the serious moments hit, it usually hits me pretty hard. Movies like 12 Years a Slave, the kind of paint-by-the-numbers, historically accurate movies, most of the time, don't impact me. You know, I feel I could get the same thing from Wikipedia or a dentist office magazine. But Jojo Rabbit entertains on every level and emotionally unnerves you in a way that straight biographical movies can't, in my opinion. You know, of course, there's always an exception to the rule. You know, I've seen good, air quotes, Wikipedia movies. It's just that satire sticks with me longer. The satire, the humor, makes the seriousness more disturbing. I've heard some people say that this movie undersells the horrors of Nazism. I disagree. There are real stakes in this movie, and the war and the threat is very real throughout. And there's not a lot of directors that can balance comedy and drama. I think Taika Waititi does a brilliant job walking the line. He makes you laugh one moment, and then the next moment he throws you into the horrifying reality of World War II. It's such a fine line that a lot of directors can't do. And Taika Waititi's sensibilities just click with me. I loved what we do in the shadows. Thor Ragnarok is honestly probably my favorite Marvel movie. 
I'm a huge fan of Fly the Concords, which he had a hand in. If I'm being honest, I really don't care for Hunt for the Wilder People or Eagle vs. Shark, but for the most part, Watiti is a standout director. And I'm curious if you guys agree, but I think this movie feels like a Wes Anderson movie, especially the Hitler youth camp scenes. I've been telling everyone this is my favorite Wes Anderson movie directed by Taika Watiti. It really feels like it, right? Okay, let's talk about the cast. First off, Roman Griffin Davis is excellent as Jojo Betzler. The movie doesn't work if you don't have a child actor that can walk that fine line with Taika Waititi. I think Roman does a great job of showing us this complicated, indoctrinated, gullible child. He's a product of his environment. I think the actor does a great job. The kid carries the entire movie. And his best friend Yorkie, played by Archie Yates, is a little scene stealer, man. What's up with all these great child actors lately? I mean, they're killing it. It's like there's a factory. It's like there's a factory pumping out these little fuckers. And uh, Thomasine McKenzie, I hope I said that name correctly, gives another great performance. She plays Elsa, the Jewish girl hiding in the house. Roman and her have some great chemistry together, uh, some great scenes together. The movie is fueled by their worldviews, mostly his. Actually, you know what? I said Roman carries this movie. They both carry the movie. I don't want to undersell her performance. Their relationship is the core of the story. The idea of an indoctrinated young Nazi boy and a young female Jew is so beautiful and scary. And you know this shit probably really happened, but these characters are sold through great performances. I can't say enough about these two actors. They are great. Um, I love the inspired casting for the two leads. Now, for a small gripe. I'm always going to want more inspired casting. I love the supporting cast, Sam Rockwell, Alfie Allen, Scarlett Johansson, Stephen Merchant, and Rebel Wilson. But I don't think this movie needed star power. But when I see famous faces like Sam Rockwell, Scarlett Johansson, and Rebel Wilson, I always wonder what opportunities were passed up. You know, Who was passed up? What great actors, new actors, could have been spotlighted for these roles? Also, the German accents come off eh, a little forced at times. Go get German actors. You know, I'm sure there's some great German actors working, right? Um, what's his name? Uh, that plays uh, Christoph Waltz, you know? Christoph Waltz. Tarantino went out, found Christoph Waltz, and now he's like one of the greatest actors of all time. Go get some German actors that we haven't heard of. New actors, all right? Anyway, rant over, gripe over. Now, I do think the supporting actors do a great job with their roles. Sam Rockwell is probably my favorite character. I know I said spoilers at the top of the episode, but in case you haven't seen the movie, I want you to discover his character on your own. And uh, Scarlett Johansson has one of my favorite scenes where her character dresses up as Jojo's father because you know he's off fighting in the war. She gets some dirt from the chimney and wipes it on her face so it looks like you know she has a beard. It's just a sweet little moment with Jojo. It's a great scene, but again, I'm always going to support more creative casting. Um, another supporting role that worked for me was the Gestapo officer played by Stephen Merchant. Now, this is inspired casting, guys. I have a quote here in front of me. He said, I've long thought that I would be a shoe-in for a Gestapo officer, being tall and the whitest man alive. He's right. This man is a shoe-in. He brings some weight to a very important scene in the movie. He's quirky and terrifying. Next up, Taika Waititi. I love all of his characters. He plays a rock monster Korg and Thor Ragnarok. He plays Viago in What We Do in the Shadows, and I love his newest character, Hitler. <laughs> but he's an imaginary best friend version of Hitler. I've heard some say that his performance doesn't quite gel with the rest of the movie, and I completely disagree. Here's another quote. Uh, this quote is from Taika Waititi. Hitler is conjured from the mind of a 10-year-old who knows nothing about this world. I wanted this version of Hitler to be exactly the same. 
He had to know nothing. He had to be an idiot. I wanted him to have this sort of 10-year-old quality. I think he's wonderful in this. Taika Waititi approaches this world through his own special lens. You know, this is his version of a World War II movie. I love when directors work outside of their respected genres. That's when you get classics. You know, I love exploring this story through the mind of a child and through the mind of Taika Waititi. It's just a perfect little movie. And the music is Taika Waititi-flavored music. You get David Bowie, Tom Waits, The Beatles. It's just a fun, poppy score for a World War II movie. And again, I know I said spoilers, but since this isn't in wide release, I'm going to pull back a little bit from spoiling some of my favorite moments. You know, the moments that I was tearing up and I was hiding from my wife in the theater. I was crying like a baby. Those moments, all right? I'll give some hints so when you're watching it, you know what I'm talking about. There's a moment when Jojo uses his Hitler youth knife, and I wasn't expecting it. It's a very dark, real, and powerful moment. It's a shocking moment. Uh, one of my favorite scenes. And another shocking moment, there's a scene with a pair of women's shoes. You will not mistake this scene. Wow, again, this movie has stakes. Uh, the twist with Sam Rockwell's character I didn't see coming. Uh, there's a tense Gestapo scene at JoJo's house that is scary, but funny. Again, walking that fine line between tones. And no big spoilers here, but World War II doesn't go well for the Germans, right? And there's a scene with Jojo and Elsa and how Jojo deals with his current circumstances that, man, really got the tear ducts flowing. I think I cried more in that scene than probably some of the more serious scenes, only again because of his current circumstances. Also, the end of the movie. I wanted the end of the movie to end a certain way, a simple way. And then Taika Waititi ends it in a beautiful way, in a perfect way. That's why I'm not making movies, because I'm a simple-ass bitch, all right? It ends perfectly. I love this movie. It's funny. It's scary. It's an odd duck story. It's an odd duck Taika Waititi story, but a beautiful story that I think everyone needs to see. It's definitely worth a trip to the theater. It's another Pantheon movie. Anyway, guys, those are my quick thoughts. I hope you enjoyed this quickie as much as I did. Let me know if you agree or disagree in the comment section of this episode. What's your opinion? Is JoJo a perfect little movie? Did you like it? Is this Taika Waititi's best movie, an Oscar contender? What's your thoughts? Let me know. Anyway, guys, thanks for going on this adventure with me. You can find me on adventuresofvideoland.com. I'm on Instagram, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. If you're looking for a long-form podcast with some guys just shooting the shit about movies, then look for our weekly episodes on the website. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, peace out. Yeah.